Hey, potential podcast listeners, let's talk about today's sponsor, Let's Get Checked. Let's Get Checked makes professional health testing easy by letting you get tested without having to visit a healthcare provider. You can order a testing kit that will be delivered to you in discreet packaging. Once your sample arrives in the laboratory, confidential results will be available from your secure online account within two to five days. These results are reviewed by a clinician, and a member of the Let's Get Checked nursing team may call you to review your results. And Let's Get Checked laboratories are CLIA approved and CAP accredited, which are the highest ranking levels of accreditation. So, if you want to avoid an uncomfortable office visit or prefer the convenience and get tested at home, visit trylgc.com potential and get 25% off your test using code POTENTIAL25. Once again, that's 25% off your test by going to trylgc.com potential using the promo code POTENTIAL25. Take charge of your physical health and well-being, and let's get checked. Reviewing the latest in movies, TV series, video games, books, and more, this is Potential Picks. Hello and welcome back to another edition of Potential Picks. I'm your host, Toe Sokol. Join with my co-host and fellow fearful of the AI person, sometimes, Chris Dewar. Today's episode reviewing the new epic science fiction action thriller film, The Creator. This is produced and directed by Gareth Edwards, who co-wrote the screenplay with Chris Waits. So uh, a while back, we saw a trailer for this. Again, we know as nerds and fellow lovers of Star Wars, Gareth Edwards um, famously directed Rogue One, which was very well done. So he came back to uh, sci-fi foray, a little bit more of a a dystopian kind of futuristic future that um, could scarily, you know, be our own. So we were interested to see this. Again, looked like a great cast, great visuals, but we want to find out ourselves. So Chris, give us a brief synopsis of the creator. The so set in twenty seventy. 15 years after a nuclear detonation in Los Angeles in a war against AI, artificial intelligence, an ex-Special Forces agent is recruited to hunt down and kill the creator, who has developed a mysterious weapon with the power to end the war. So this is a unique kind of world where AI has definitely become to the point where there are artificial intelligent robots that do all kinds of things, you know, for... The workforce for healthcare for war and then having a nuke go off in LA and therefore starting a war against AI. And so you have kind of like the West who's pretty much decimated all AI and all AI that survived has now gone over to what is like a new Asia. And we have our main character played by John David Washington who has to go off and is tasked to go kill what is his ultimate weapon until he is surprised to find out that the ultimate weapon he's going after is a young girl. Um, a young girl AI, but nonetheless, this young girl. And so this this movie definitely has a lot of tropes you see in a lot of the 
kind of typical sci-fi films, you know, you have the, oh, what we think is our enemy. So he has to go off and defeat the enemy. He's surprised to find the enemy is not what he expected. Because of his own past history, he then becomes kind of a pseudo father figure trying to then actually protect this this little girl and a bunch of crazy, you know, fight scenes and chaos and trying to escape and in it, you know, in a way almost similar to like Avatar recently is a, a great example of like, you know, Jake Soli going off to be like, oh, I'm I'm gonna save these. Uh, I I need to go because I want my legs back. But then he becomes a part of the people, and then he ends up, you know, yeah. This is a very similar trope to that. This is very unique because we don't get a lot of like original sci-fi films anymore. You know, we have a lot of IP related stuff. We have a lot of sequels, mm-hmm. prequels, requels, in betweenquels. This really doesn't have any ties to a previous film, video game, book, TV show, anything. Um, and it's kind of refreshing to, even though, I mean, you know, by this point, we've all seen hundreds of movies. There's going to be things that are going to be very similar. But it's yeah. a unique setting, the unique style, the unique production value. This movie was only made for like $80 million, reportedly. It looks gorgeous. It's kind of impressive to think this is only maybe an $80 million production budget because... All the CGI looks like so good. It looks flawless. It looks better than most movies out there right now. And there's just a great, like, it's all eye candy. I feel like watching this film, like, I was just, like, really impressed with the design element that goes along with the story. And there are movies out there that have way bigger budgets and look way worse. <laughs> like, yeah. in terms of CGI, well, you know? Oh, yeah. Right away, um, we're not getting any spoilers here, but like some of the stuff, like the design of the the USS Nomad, which is basically this um, space station that used to take out insurgents of these AI uh, soldiers and uh, revolutionaries. So it's interesting, like just kind of the cool, unique design and the fact that a lot of the stuff, you know, had to be done during lock, lockdown and COVID and, mm-hmm. and whatnot. But um, just what, you know, what really struck out to me that I liked was this kind of was... Um, Although original I you know IP, it kind of like felt like it was based off of like an anime or something like that. And they kind of yeah. had the styles of like Japanese anime and whatnot. And so I thought that was really cool and unique. Like I could see this being a graphic novel if they wanted to continue this world. Like I would love to see maybe a prequel, like how AI was developed. And but I do I do appreciate that for over a two-hour film, they don't really go like they give you a quick montage, like we don't need to go into like how AI just developed and stuff. And it's kind of ambiguous mm-hmm. as to why or how this catastrophe happened that led to kind of really it's the U S against artificial intelligence. And I think yeah. it's really poignant because yes, we're dealing with artificial intelligence, but that that's not the big issue in this film. You see is you have some countries who are embracing AI, which you, new Asia, which is obviously the futuristic uh, Asia. Um, so I think that's kind of interesting where, you know, would, regardless of your politics, I think the U.S. we do get involved in a lot of things that maybe we shouldn't, um, and and that could be any country. You know, when you get involved in um, international conflicts, so the idea that AI is maybe a universal thing or a, a you know a worldly thing that everyone's dealing with, people aren't reacting the same way. So I thought that was really cool, but I love the designs of the robots and uh, yeah, especially. Um, what they call simulants, what they look like humans, but then you can see behind them, they've got the robot heads and stuff. 
I thought that was really cool. And fun fact, uh, Gareth Edwards, a lot of the the characters, they weren't told if they were um, simu- the robots or simulants or anything like that. So that was kind of cool. So it, it really helped the performance. So people weren't mm-hmm. like trying to act like uh, a robot trying to be human, but just being human. So I think that was really cool. But shout out to this amazing cast. I mean, we love John David Washington. I mean, he's amazing. We've got Gemma Chan, um, Ken Watanabe, uh, and... Um, also, Allison you know, Janney being Allison like Janney, kind of yeah, very, very different role, very different role for her. Um, I, I appreciate her taking on a role like this, where she's this like hardcore colonel in the U.S. Army that is like balls to the wall to get this weapon destroyed. Um, under the kind of rules of well, Ralph Einson is Andrews, who man, he's got the deepest voice in Hollywood. Um, he's been in so many things and. The fact that there's this connection, this tissue with our main character, Taylor, that he, you know, he's kind of honored with wanting to work for the U.S. Because when that explosion went off and this whole AI thing was going down, we find out that he had this whole kind of undercover mission that, but during this undercover time, you know, when he spent a long time undercover, things happen. He formed relationship. Yeah. He he had a wife, yeah. and that yeah. wife supposedly, who was with child at the time, died in an explosion raid, which of course also makes him very anti want to do anything. He's so like over everything, but the 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 fact that there's a potential that his wife did survive, um, is the only reason why he's willing to go on this mission. But the the whole element of Alfie, who is this young robotic simulant who has some powers that are more advanced than some other simulants. She was so sweet. She was so cute. Um, Apparently this is her first screen credit. And I mean, she has to give a lot of emotional depth as well, which I was very impressed by the two of them really much had a bond. And I agree with you in the idea. This is a two hour plus movie. That is a relationship that could have definitely extended in a like, graphic novel or like an anime series because yeah what's so cool about this movie is because it's mostly set in this like new asia it does feel like this other world it gives me like avatar the last airbender vibes meets blade runner you know but it also has like this vibe of like the classic war films yeah you know like you've got the kind of the platoon feel you do have like um you know saber prime ryan kind of so there is a lot of this war he Gareth Edwards did such a great job combining so many different genres in one that, mm-hmm. but it doesn't take away from the film. Like it's like you're not feeling like oh, there's a tonal issue. I feel like the tone was very well set throughout it. There's a lot of emotional stakes in this film, um, and I mean, really, those two characters. I mean, um, Madeline Yuna of Oils and, and John David Washington. They really do carry this this film, you know, very well, and it's just. And he's just, he's an incredible actor. I just love his, his depth. I mean, again, he's, you know, son of, son of acting royalty. Uh, <laughs> so Denzel, what are you going to, what are you going to say? It's, it's genetic, but um, yeah, I, I really like the, you know, idea behind it. Now, again, in terms of films like when Blade Runner, Terminator, um, all these other, you know, films, you know, set in this fit, uh, futuristic dystopia. I don't know if it's necessarily breaking ground, but I, I did like what they were doing with this. The idea that, in this film, 
is the AI the bad guy or is it really the human element is the bad guy? And that's the cool kind of twist and turns of this film that you're really not mm-hmm. sure who who is really the bad. If you look at it from different lenses, you can kind of see interesting perspectives on it. Like it made yeah. you want to see more of this world. Yeah, for sure. Because there's definitely times where they're on the run, but they're also on the run from AI. Yeah. Who, you know, see him as a human, his allegiance to what he's working for. But yeah, the way the twists and turns go throughout the the battle sequences, I mean, it's all just really a fun it's a fun film to watch. It's very entertaining. It gives you some bigger high concepts, which I appreciated. And it sticks to its kind of vibe as like you said, covering so many different genres. And so I can see why we were hearing these things of like this is now an instant sci-fi classic up there with like Jaws and Alien stuff. I won't go that far because yeah. <laughs> it just came out. Yeah, I don't think people saw Jaws and were like, this is an instant classic. Jaws did really well as a blockbuster. It was the first blockbuster film. But I don't think it immediately was deemed this is an instant classic. You know, Alien wasn't an instant classic. It had very popularity, made good money, but, it, you know, it takes time. I think the creator needs to sit with us for a while for us to really see its worth. And again, this is the problem with just Hollywood as it is today. Coming out of a pandemic era, there's still movies like this that are getting made and just not getting the audience that they deserve. I mean, again, the budget for this was roughly 80 million. At this point, it's made maybe 91. So it's barely, you know, you have to remember, folks, that it's not just the production budget has to be matched. It's there's advertising costs. There's you know there's a lot that goes into what a movie usually needs to make to become profitable. Yeah, and unfortunately, this is not going to be profitable. And Gareth Edwards taking a huge break from directing before coming back to this. I'm sure this was a huge passion project. I loved his Godzilla. I stand by that film as being brilliant. And yeah. Rogue One is the best Star Wars movie we've had um, in the last, you know, (laughs) several decades. And I hope this doesn't hinder his ability to continue to create and do new works. Um, Especially in this, especially in these genres. I think he has a really good eye for the science fiction um, genre. And I, I, I do hope that he continues. I could see, regardless of the success of this, I think if you went even doing like a mini series yeah. streaming, especially what we've seen with, with HBO max and Netflix and some of the level of stuff, I think there is a home for this um, to continue this world. If you, if he so chooses to, because you can clearly see this film, as you said, this is definitely a passion project. You can tell that he really um, loved his work in this film and it really shows from everything. So um but yeah, it is, like I said, it's a long film, but overall I enjoyed it. I never felt bored. I really was just one of those films where I, I enjoyed the visual aspect, but I wasn't distracted by it. I was still like, you know, following the plot yeah. very well. So for me, taking the creator, like right now with, again, with the music, the style, what, the, you know, and the casting and, and the story itself, I'm going to give this, um, honestly, right now, a good 7.5 out of 10. I'm going to give the creator an 8.5 out of 10. Okay. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed this film. Um, again, it's not going to be, to me, instant classic. Uh, but in terms of just films I've seen this year, especially those big budget ones that have CGI. I mean, again, we hear these stories of 
Indiana Jones had a $300 million budget. Fast X had a $300 million budget. You watch those movies and you go, why? Yeah. <laughs> why and where is that budget? Where where because, did that extra zero you know, go to? <laughs> and you, it's just like, I appreciate a movie that was able to take its budget and really use every penny on the screen. And it was a much better entertaining movie that had a great plot. And you know, it's just, it, it's that battle of IP versus originality. So hopefully this continues that trend for Hollywood and Gareth Edwards. Hope you continue to make fun films like this. So you can still go check out the creator while it still is in the theaters, but folks, it's not going to be there long. You know, it's already kind of tailing the end of its run. Uh, but go check it out, and I'm sure eventually down the road it will be on streaming. And that was this edition of Potential Picks. Thanks for listening to the Potential Podcast. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at the Potential Podcast, or on Twitter at the Potential Pod. Or you can email us. Send us your positive feedback and thoughts, suggestions, and more through our email, the Potential Podcast at yahoo.com. I'm your host, Chris Dewar. And I'm your host, Taylor Sokol. Stay tuned for more episodes on pop culture, entertainment, and nerdum. And remember, know, know your, your potential. potential.